0: Hi, peeps. Help Me Be Me is underfunded and needs your help. If you enjoy listening to this or it helps you at all, please visit helpmebeme.com and click donate or visit me on Patreon. Thanks. Hi, friends. It's Sarah May and this is another uh, of my audience Q&A episodes. This one is uh, another in the Questioning Self series. So this question is, uh, basically, do you have any tips on what to do about social anxiety around applying for a new job? So here's the paraphrased version of the question. Uh, I'm interviewing for a job. I get so intensely anxious and I feel like I'm not enough, that I'm I'm not gonna fit with the company, that I don't get along with the coworkers because I'm an unworthy human being and I'm not interesting and I look weird and that I'll hate the job if I actually get it and I get so anxious that before I even try out for the job I get so depressed and I don't even want the job anymore because I'm already put so much pressure on myself. And I have so many anxious thoughts. So the question is um, what do you do for something like this because I feel like I'm hiding from my whole life, and I'm actually not allowing myself to succeed and have a well-paid job or, or actually fulfill my potential. So here's my answer for you. First of all, I would say this is really common. This sounds just like imposter syndrome, and combined with just really intense, overwhelming emotional responses to a particular trigger. So the imposter syndrome piece of it is we all have this in, to some degree. It's that I don't fit in, that I don't know what I'm doing, that I'm a fraud, that people are going to figure me out. Uh, I shouldn't be where I am. I don't deserve what I have. So I would say in general, it sounds like your brain is seeking control in a state of groundlessness. And that's like the biggest issue. So you have anxiety, you have rumination, you have fear. And there are different two different kinds of emotions in general. That people experience. Just some people experience really painful emotions and then they move through them and they pass them. And some people experience really painful emotions, and those emotions are so overwhelming that they literally steer their lives. Like it alters their behavior and alters the decisions they are able to make for themselves because the emotions are so potent. So I would say that is the most significant factor for you is your emotional responses are actually altering your. Life trajectory because it's changing the decisions you're able to make. In other words, it's altering what you're capable of doing. So it's not even about your ability or what you want to do. It's like you're managing such intense overwhelm and that's crippling. It sounds to me like you go through various stages and it's all very overwhelming and crazy making. So here's what I can um, take from what your exact question was. You have logic and you have an understanding of yourself like you you can see what's happening outside from from outside of it like you have kind of a a third person pov on this emotional response which tells me you're you know you're a victim to this emotional process but you're you're actually quite self-aware like you know that this thing takes over and that it's not aligned with what you want for yourself but because those emotions are so strong they you just can't seem to help yourself despite them. It's like it takes over and then you're just like flailing like help how do I get my way out of this? And I would say that's not the case for everyone. It's some people you know have those emotions and then they just keep acting despite them. So that's where you want to be. That's that's where you want to get to. So for you I would say the key is really to start to enable yourself to act in alignment with that higher logic in the face of those super potent overwhelming feelings. Because when we're reacting, we're always going to be at a disadvantage. So we're, we're, we're going to be at the, you know, we're, we're kind of handicapped because we're managing so many intense feelings. We cannot be guided by our own wisdom. Even if you know better, it's like the wisdom means nothing because it's really just about escaping the pain and reacting to what's happening in your body. So that's everything. That what you're able to do in that moment when you're suffering is everything. Because it's not about the actual thoughts or the actual job. It's about this process that's happening in your body. So I want to pose a scenario for you. Imagine you didn't have any anxiety or any obsessive thoughts. I think your life would be pretty simple. Like your path would become much simpler. And you might have ambivalence about a job, but it wouldn't be such a big deal. Like you would You might take on a new job, and then if you didn't like that job, you just quit, and that'd be the end of it. So I want to, just as a first step for you, isolate your issue, which is the intensity of the emotions and how you have no power to stop the thoughts that are brought up by them. So I feel like what you really need, that you might be lacking right now, are some coping skills for managing emotions so you can be guided by that wise voice the voice of logic like that third person you already have because that's what's getting blocked so a lot of this is exacerbated just having overwhelming thoughts that you can't really uh, see your way around that can get a lot worse if you are lacking sleep like if you're not getting REM sleep it gets really hard to be guided by wisdom so I would think outside of that it would be also very helpful for you to see a psychologist and a psychiatrist for possible medication just because when anxiety is this severe it's like it it can be helpful just to have some little tiny bit of a you know something that like takes the edge off um and i would say that this sounds like it's disrupting your life so i think it's it's really important to see a therapist because it's your your life doesn't have to be like this this can be something you grow a lot of tools around and then you learn to manage better so that you can actually align. Because right now you're kind of like you're walking in a certain direction and then your head's kind of like tilting sideways like, ah, ah, ah. Like so you're not able to fully stand completely straight, you know. Like your, your path is a little bit wandering because of the effects of this. So I would say first see a psychologist, then see a psychiatrist if uh, they feel like this that would be a good compliment. So with that, here is a kind of a starting point that I want to offer you. So the first tool I'm calling Logic Maze. So when you have dysfunctional thoughts, it's really helpful to combat them with new thought responses. And so this is just one I wanted to offer up for you. Imagine you are in a dark maze, and when you go into this spiral of negative thoughts, basically your job is just to back your way out of it by following the walls, like following facts using logic to back your way out of this, like, kind of overwhelming darkness. So the fact that you're interested in this job in the first place shows that you are a valid candidate. There was a reason that you arrived at the place of applying. It wasn't an easy thought process. It wasn't like you arrived at it just by, like, randomly, you know, stopping your finger in the middle of, like, a list of jobs. It was thoughtful. So if anything, Your issue is in overthinking things. It's not in underthinking things. Also, there's no one in the world who is harsher on you than you. No one could ever share the beliefs you have about yourself because you are so incredibly critical of yourself. So just let that be one tiny point of relief. No one can see what I see. I am the harshest critic I have. I'd also offer you this mantra or just short sentence to tell yourself, I am not psychic. You cannot know everything that will happen. All of the scenarios that are going through your head at a million miles an hour are by default false. And that's comforting. That's a great thing. You have absolutely no idea what will happen or what people will think or how they'll respond to you or how you, you are perceived because you're not psychic. And that is a blessing. You will never be able to accurately guess all of the things that will happen in the future. And that's because you're not psychic and your job is to stay in today right now. So remind yourself, as soon as you start to leave your body and travel into the future and you believe you're traveling into someone else's brain and seeing what they think and that they feel and what will happen, like, remind yourself, I'm wrong. This is all false. And let this also be a comfort to you. You have no idea what the outside world thinks. You have no idea what will happen in the future. And that's great. It takes all the pressure off of you having to worry about it. So as we established, your problem is not really about you and your worth at this workplace. It's, it's not about that reality. It's, that stuff isn't even on the table yet. This is really just about the process that happens to you before you even get there. So this is all totally self-inflicted pain. And that's the kind of pain that exists in the theater of your mind. So these are these intense, obsessive thoughts that flood your body and drive your behavior. So I often talk about this type of pain as like a game board, like it's a board game, like a box of dolls. And all the figures in in the board game are like figures of reality. And we're just playing the game. And so your particular board game is called My Worth and My Future. And instead of engaging in reality and staying in the present moment where your body is suffering, you pick up your game and you start playing with the dolls. And you play it constantly. So that is what you do to label your feelings of anxiety and your pain. And that's because that's just what was actually a healthy coping mechanism you developed much earlier in your life in order to feel like you were in control of your pain because you are not in control of it. And it's actually healthier to feel like you're active in solving something by thinking about it, by, by engaging in it, obsessing in it, it's easier to, to do that than it is to just be in the suffering and be in the powerlessness. So this, this label you stuck on the pain is, my looks are weird. And what if people hate me? And what if I hate this job? So your brain gets into the game and is like, I'm solving, I'm solving, I'm solving, I'm solving. So all of that, though, is a ruse. It's just a game. You're not even in reality. You're not in life playing a game, and a game that causes you a lot more pain, ironically, than if you were to just sit with the powerlessness. So I feel like, you know, if you can recognize there's a deeper feeling that's instigating this, that is powerlessness, that is fear. And if you could just lean into it and just savor it and be like, I'm feeling powerless, I'm feeling terror, feeling overwhelmed, that obsessive thinking will subside slightly. And it's a lot easier just to recognize the underlying belief. And people all do this. We all pick a pain label label. And that's how we feel like we're controlling our lives. For me, that used to be my weight and food. Like that was the thing I thought about nonstop. If my body was good, then my worth was good. And that was just like the, the board game stamped on the side of the board game was my body. So yours is my worth, my future. And that is, I think, being triggered... Because of you, you just have extreme pain and ambivalence around being measured by others or being seen by others. So I think self-worth is a trigger for you. And I think that's tied to something old that you probably should address with your therapist. So it's like as soon as you're made vulnerable to being scrutinized by somebody else, um, you, you get triggered. I also, it, th- it sounds like you also have a trigger around making big decisions. Like you're very, very harsh on yourself. Kind of like black and white thinking. So that just makes me think maybe someone in your upbringing made it dangerous for you to mess up. So extreme ambivalence around making decisions is tied to often intolerance for error. So maybe you you grew up as a perfectionist or maybe you were acting as an adult very early in your life. Regardless, you have a heightened sensitivity to failure. And I, I mean, sometimes that's also an inborn trait. I'm not trying to pick you apart. I just wanted to give you some little seeds to pursue, perhaps, with a therapist. All right, the next tool I have for you is called action plan. So action plan means you, you basically need something that you're going to activate as a soothing mechanism, as a soothing process, that will work for you in the face of these intense, overwhelming thoughts. So I want you to think of a three-step plan that you can use the next time you get overwhelmed by your emotions. So the first step of this plan is just about distraction. It's about adding as much time as possible to delay the reaction you're having to the emotions. So just think of yourself like if you're a drug addict, you're trying to distract yourself and make space, delay the time in between when you have that trigger or that craving, and then actually doing the drug, which in your case is like the mental spinning. So it's just about creating a little bit of time in between those two things. So if you can get in your car, keep driving. If you can get yourself out of the door, just keep walking. If you can close the door and like do a forward fold or even a handstand, do deep, even, long breaths as loud as you can. It's just about creating a tiny bit of space in your brain after that trigger. I also like doing a forward fold or any inversion because it creates a change in your physiology. So if there's something you can do like that, like jumping jacks or ch- cold shower, changing your physical state helps increase that delay. So jump up and down, for example. So I, it's really important for you to figure out a practice that will help you. The second step I want you to do is figure out a soothing mechanism. So if there's something that you know uh, calms your body down, like maybe it's running, maybe it's meditation, Maybe it's, um, I know for a lot of people it's rock climbing, but if you can't find a rock to climb, um, that's, you know, I know that's not very practical. And then the third step, I want you to really relax into just like an acceptance of this thought process, an acceptance of whatever has triggered you and just learning to really acquaint yourself with it now that your actual physiology has changed. I'll put a link to the show notes for a book that will help you a lot more with this specifically. So, the next tool I have is called Learn Your Lines. And this is in a play called Hero or Heroine. So, visualizations help intensely for this type of thing. If you can do, if you practice visualizing things in advance, you practice having the future experience from two different vantage points, it'll actually make the experience when you actually have it. And I mean going through the process of applying for a job, going on the interview, um, et cetera. Practice that experience from, in two opposite scenarios. So like mentally visualize going through the process and everything going perfectly and the person loving you and then you getting the job and then you loving all the people there and them loving you. And then practice the worst possible outcome. Practice fucking up the interview, people, the person not hiring you, and then you feeling really uncomfortable and weird after that, the fact. And then welcome both equally. So just live it in your mind and do that repeatedly. And doing this practice, I know for some people feels like, wait, but that means I'm kind of welcoming the bad. You're not doing that. You're just rehearsing it in your mind because in the... Experience—it's so less powerful. It just—it means so little to you when you've already gone through this process. It works so well. All right, next tool I have is called "You Already Won the Medal." So this is a a way to actually train yourself to be at your like at your best when you go through the interview. So rehearse what you want to say, how you want to feel, um, a calm demeanor all of the things that would make you perform excellent. Like Michael Phelps used to do this when he would, like for all of his races, and he would even practice mentally um, if something went wrong, like what he would do. And he would do it like almost religiously. And that actually worked. So his brain was on autopilot when he actually went through the race. So you're going to do exactly the same thing and do it repeatedly. Imagine yourself being charming. Imagine yourself laughing at the right moments. Imagine yourself feeling perfect and confident and walking out with like a smile on your face, all of the things that you need to perform. All right, the next tool is called visual ratio. So this is a way to practice embodying the life of someone who deserves lots of success. So you're basically going to wear and enact the actions of a person like that. For example, You're going to wear power outfits. You're going to practice power positions. You're going to have power accessories, almost like you're an actor and you're in wardrobe. And this is really about visual feedback and, like, little tiny mental cues that will give feedback to your psyche. And even if it feels like it's not you necessarily, like you feel like you're in costume, that's fine. So for me, I have, like, power boots. I have a power coat. Uh, There are certain jewelry that in my mind I'm like, this is the... The jewelry of a powerful person. And then, I know it's cheesy, but I also want you to do, like, the the Wonder Woman, because that actually does change your physiology in the perfect way. And do that right before you walk in your interview. All right, and the next tool is called Be the River. So it's like that thing uh, we say when we're, like, um, you know, when you're a vessel, when you can allow things to just... Flow through you. Like for example, if I say don't think about white bears, like the harder you try not to think about white bears, the more present that thought is going to become. And the same goes for your negative thoughts. Like the more you resist them and the more you're like disturbed by them, the more potent they become. So I want you to try the next time you're in this state, if you're having like negative obsessive thoughts, try a new approach. Try accepting them. And, and just basically greeting them. And imagine yourself as like a vessel for just rushing water. You're, you are the river. It's just flowing through you. And it's fine. They will dissipate. They will move on eventually. So your job is not to engage with them. Your job is just to notice that they're there and know that they will eventually flow through you. And you don't have to have any reaction to them. It's just like, you know, it's like a cloud of gnats. And they're like, yep, they're there. But I don't have to interact. So just go about your day and step back. I hope those help. And if if I didn't answer anything, and if you need any more information, please reach out via email. And uh, before I close, I want to thank my latest sponsors, uh, Shannon on Patreon. Thank you so, so much. And Heather and Pamela. And Ryan, thank you so, so much. I appreciate you guys so very much. And uh, if anyone else has the means, donations really help out. If you don't have the means, uh, reviews on iTunes also help immensely. So I hope you guys are helped by this. And um, don't forget to smile.